Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Episcopal Church in Vero Beach, Florida. We are glad to have you join us. Our hope is that this sermon will instill you with a profound sense of God's love and that you might receive and reflect His glory to your community. From the book of 1 Samuel and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Good morning, friends. You know, there's a few stories in the Old Testament that are more famous than the story of David and Goliath. And the reason is, you know, we can kind of sympathize with one of those two guys, right? Most people want to look at it as something like, you know, the kid that gets bullied on the schoolyard finally gets his... He finally gets his revenge, right? Or somebody who's been abusive of somebody else finally gets there, finally gets justice. The little guy beats the big guy. Courage, tenacity, and grit versus overwhelming force. You know, on the surface, this story is about ultimate good and evil. It's a great, feel-good Disney movie, right? That totally misses the point. Because most people see this story of David and Goliath from the perspective of David, right? Nobody ever thinks that they might be Goliath in the story, which we're going to get to that in a minute. And actually, there are, there's not just David and Goliath. There's actually three main characters in this story. David, obviously. Goliath, obviously. And a third guy named Saul. Three men. Each of these men faced with a threat, and each man must answer for himself, how do I respond? Where does my strength come from? And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at this morning the reaction of these three fellows, David, Goliath, and Saul, to the question of where does my strength come from? You may be surprised where you fall in that thing. And I want you to see which one of these characters, probably all three, do you really lean on in that question. So three points today. Three examples of where our strength comes from. First, I want to look at the self-confidence of Saul, point one. Secondly, the self, I'm sorry, the self-confidence of Goliath, the whopper. The self-confidence of Goliath is point one. Secondly, the self-preservation of Saul. And thirdly, the selfless courage of David. The self-confidence of Goliath. The self-preservation of Saul. And the selfless courage of David. You with me? It's a lot deeper than you might think. We're going to dig in. So the first thing, the first point is how does a person react to suffering and struggle in life? Well, the first way is through, this, through the example of the self-confidence of Saul, of Goliath. Goliath, Goliath of Gath. I love that name. Most people in this story think of Goliath as the bad guy, right? He's big, he's hairy, he's smelly, he probably eats too much, and he's just a, he's just a despicable, disgusting human being. That's what most people think, and nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, even his name sounds bad, Goliath of Gath. Sounds like something from a Batman movie. But, but truth be told, if you were to put yourself 
in the ancient Near Eastern context in which a story takes place, Goliath, Goliath symbolizes self-confidence and achievement and worldly success. And Goliath is a rock star in the ancient Near East. He is a warrior. He's strong. He's courageous. He's bold. He's huge. He's got the best technology that money can buy. Brass helmet, yada, yada. He has a resume unlike anybody else. Goliath of Gath, if you are a, an ancient Near Eastern man, Goliath of Gath is the kind of guy you want your boy to grow up to be. Strong, confident, fearless. Everybody wants to be Goliath of Gath. Goliath of Gath is a celebrity. Goliath of Gath is a national hero. And if you don't get that point, the story makes no sense. The text actually tells us this overtly. It says, it describes Goliath of Gath as a champion. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's a crucially important detail. Um, because in the ancient Near East, the armies, armies like up until machine guns, <laughs> armies would line up, right, across from each other. And then eventually they would either come together and fight or if cooler heads prevailed, they would pick a guy from each side. One guy from this side and one guy from this side, and those two men would fight. And they determined, listen, one man determines the fate of his people. One man symbolizes the, the, the consequences to the people that he represents. One man from each side is called a champion. And the champion, listen, this is hugely important. The champion would fight for the people and, if necessary, die in their place. He represented the people, one man. Come back to that in a moment. And so Goliath is the Philistines' champion. He is their rock star. He is the one upon all their hopes are on Goliath, rightly so. I mean, he's gigantic. And he challenges the Israelites as they face across the valley of death. He taunts them. If you win, we will serve you. But if we win, you will serve us. Bring it. You ever remember uh, that movie uh, Rocky IV? There's like Rocky 26 now, right? I'm not, I'm not sure how many there are. There's a lot of Rocky, too many Rocky movies. But in Rocky IV, back, back in the 80s, there was a, the protagonist was, was uh, Rocky, right? Rocky Balboa, the Italian guy from Philadelphia. And his antagonist was, like, was a Russian guy named Ivan Drago. Remember that? So here's, here's Rocky Balboa, shorter than me, right? 5'9 on a good day. And then here's, here's Ivan Drago, this strong, tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Russian butt kicker. And Drago, they come to the middle of the ring and Drago takes his mitts, you know this? And he bangs them on Rocky's mitts and he says, in his Russian accent, which is phony, but he says, I must break you. You know the scene? That's what we're seeing. This really isn't a fight between Rocky Balboa and Ivan Drago. It was a fight. That movie's a fight about Russia versus America. Communism versus capitalism. It's the same thing. Goliath of Gath versus who's it going to be? 
on the Israelites. It's a clash of cultures. The, the Russians versus the Americans. The Philistines or the Israelites. Who will win? Who will have their strength? And let me, and here's the question for, for point number one. Where does real power come from? We don't like to admit this, but you and I are more Goliath than David. Prove it to you. When you're confronted with a problem, what's the first thing you do? When you're confronted with a problem, what do you turn to? How am I going to solve this? What am I going to do? Who do you admire? The wealthy, the strong, the go-getters, the achievers. All the people that have the things in this world that allow them to, them to control it, they are the ones that we admire. They are the people that we try to emulate. Friends, you and I are way more Goliath than David. Because we, if we're not careful, we trust in ourselves. Goliath places his entire trust, his people place their entire trust in him, his own resources, his power. And I'll submit to you this morning as your pastor, I'll bet you do too. I know I do. The thing I want you to see here, I move on to my second point. You and I both, when we are confronted with problems in this world, the first thing we do, we try to solve the problem. We try to rely on our own power. What am I going to do? We worry. We are just like Goliath. Second point is we see the world, we see the struggles from a worldly perspective. And then we see point two, the self-preservation of King Saul. Um, this is kind of, this is actually interesting. King Saul, you may know who he is. King Saul is still, technically, still the king of the Jews. We read about last week about how David anointed, I'm sorry, that Samuel anointed David the king. But Saul is still in the chair. He is still has the throne. He's a lame duck, admittedly, but Saul is still the king. And it is Saul's job, listen, to represent his people. In other words, it is Saul's job to be the champion for the Jews. It is Saul's job to get up in that line. As Goliath of Gath calls for a challenger from the Jews, it is up to Saul, the great one. But he wimps out. Remember Saul, and here's an important thing I want you to see. It's a hugely important dynamic. Remember Saul. Remember who he was. Saul, well, he, Saul used to be the biggest kid on the block. When he was picked as king, when they selected him, why'd they pick him? He was tall. He was six foot five. He was strong. He was athletic. He was muscular. He was well-spoken. He was charismatic. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was at one point, Saul was, at one point a rock star. And yet now, and yet now, Saul looks across the valley to this nine-foot-tall steamroller coming at him. And he looks down at his own six-foot-five frame, and he cries like a schoolgirl, right? He wimps out. But notice something critical here. It's not obvious, but it will be in a second. Notice something absolutely critical, that Goliath and Saul make the very same error. Do you see it? Saul makes the exact same error that Goliath does, but he makes it in reverse. Goliath looks at himself and feels confidence because he's big, he's strong, he's the biggest, baddest dude on the field. Saul looks at himself and feels cowardice and fear. Why? Because he used to be <laughs> the biggest, baddest dude around, but no longer is. And here's my point. <laughs> 
Here's the crucial point for today. Friends, if you define yourself, if you define your strength, if you define your ability to overcome challenges in this world by your own resources, you will fail. There will be some who have less, and you can maybe beat them for a while, and you'll be confident over them, but there will always be somebody with more, and that person you will fear. And see, here's, here's the tragedy of the human condition. In either case, your strength and your power, if you are a, Saul, a Goliath who could, believes he can do it, or a Saul who cowers in fear, in both of those cases, if your strength and your own power is the only confidence you have, friends, it will fail you. I guarantee it. So we see this, this dynamic, which most of us fall into, frankly, of either being somebody who relies on ourselves and feel confidence for the time being until somebody else comes along who has more than we have and then we move into fear. That's the, that's the dynamic at play. Then we see a better way, as illustrated by David, the runt. <laughs> Remember David last week when, when uh, Samuel came to anoint him as king and they said, he's but a youth, he's out tending the sheep. Well, today when Goliath calls for a challenger and Saul wimps out, where's David? He's the young guy out tending the sheep. David's always tending the sheep for some reason. <laughs> and David sees the problem, and he goes to Saul, the king, the wimp, and he says, hey, man, put me in. I can do it. I mean, can you imagine? Put me in, Saul. I'll whoop that Philistine, that filthy animal. And, and you know, Saul, <laughs> Saul tries to talk David out of it. David, you can't do that. You are, like they always say, you're but a youth, ruddy and handsome, right? You're too small. Really, the problem is Saul knows that if David is successful, it makes Saul look like a wimp, which he was. You ever notice that? That whenever you try to do something somebody else can't do, they always try to discourage you from doing it? You ever notice that? You guys awake? But here's the interesting thing. Notice this. David, David doesn't back down. David doesn't back down. Why? Well, I'm going to show you. David and Goliath both taunt each other across the valley of the shadow of death. Goliath boasts in himself. But look at what David says. Here's this banter, this taunting, which is typical for soldiers then and now. Goliath says, David, I will, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. I will kill you and the animals will scavenge you. David says in verse 36, Goliath, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Do you see the difference? Goliath says, I will give your flesh, David, to the birds of the air. David says, oh, Goliath, this day the Lord will deliver you to me. Here's my point. See, when you and I are confronted with monsters in your life, when you are confronted with problems that you cannot solve, you can rely on yourself like Goliath. You can rely on yourself like Saul. You can have temporary confidence or fear. Or you can rely on God and have real victory regardless of the enemy that you face across that valley of the shadow of death. Because when you rely upon God and his strength and not your own, guess what? It's not about you, but about him. Aristotle famously said, this is a great quote, think about it for a second. Aristotle said that courage is fear that moves forward. 
Courage is fear that moves forward. Courage is when a person faces fear head on and does the right thing, not out of bravado, not out of foolishness, but a person who moves forward because they trust God. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Are you a Goliath? Goliath? Are you a Saul? Or are you a David? The Christian life is all about starting off as a Goliath and moving more into being like Saul. Let me show you. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 says this. Faith, you know this, but it's, listen to it again. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hear that again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, what we look for, what we plan for. It is the conviction of things not seen. Don't you see? David has faith. He has courage because he has conviction that God will save him. Why? Why does David believe that? Well, he tells us. Look at verse 37. David says, I'll do it. What? You're but a youth. He's He's, he's way taller and better armed than you are, David. And what does David say? Look at verse 37. He tells you why he believes he can do it. David says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David has faith in God. And that word for faith doesn't mean he believes God exists. Everybody believes God exists. Faith means trust. Faith means reliance. Faith means conviction in things not seen. In other words, David, David's faith, real faith, the real thing, isn't fairy tale wishful thinking. It's not, boy, I hope things work out for the best. No. Real faith, friends, is anything but blind. Real faith is based on the past. Real faith is best based upon the fact that God has bailed you at before and he's going to do it again. So David says, the Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear when I was a kid, tending the sheep. He'll do it again. I'm ready. Let me ask you a question. Where has God bailed you out in the past? This is hugely important. If you want to be a person of faith with real faith and trust and conviction, think back on your own life and where has God bailed you out in the past? Where were you confronted with something? Ruin? Kids, dysfunction, that phone call that we all dread. Where have you had that in your life and you can look back and see how God delivered you? Friends, take faith, trust that God will do it for you again. You know, this coming week, I am going under the knife. Many of, many of you have heard. I have to have shoulder surgery on Tuesday. I'm not looking forward to it. Anybody here any, ever look forward to shoulder surgery? Uh... But I'm not worried. You know why? Because I can look back and I can see how God has delivered me all throughout. I can see how God has his hand on my life and see how he has shaped me and molded me and gotten me through things. And I, I'm not worried. I have the conviction of things not seen. Think about on your own life, your own struggle. Something you thought you couldn't accomplish. Well, here you are, friends. Where has God proven and where is he proving himself to you even now? Friends, faith in God, whether it's David's faith or your faith, is learned 
It's learned by experience. By counting on the Lord to watch over you and then watching him when he does it. See, the story about David and Goliath is a lot more about you and I than you might think. It ain't about the little guy getting his due. It ain't about the big guy finally getting his butt kicked. No. It ain't about the schoolyard bully finally getting his, his fanny knocked on the ground by a kid who just didn't take no for an answer. Nonsense. The story of David and Goliath is a story about a man named David who trusted God enough to face the monster across the, the, the gully and do it because he knew that God would deliver him. It's got nothing to do with David. He wasn't a crack shot, you know. <laughs> it was God. David says it. It was God who delivered me. So here's a question for you this morning as I conclude. Who in the story are you? <laughs> are you Goliath, trusting in yourself? You probably are, more than you think. Are you Saul, a little bit fearful because things coming at you you can't control? Yeah, you're probably there a little too. But here's my challenge for you this morning, friends. Be like David. Think back like David does on your own life and see where God has delivered you and take courage for the things that you hope for. Because it's not about David. It ain't about Goliath. It ain't about Saul. It's about Jesus. See, remember I told you that the armies in the ancient Near East would pick a man and he would fight on behalf of the people. And whatever happened to that man, what happened to the nation? The champion, right? When Jesus Christ came to earth to die for your sins on the cross and for mine, God knows. When Jesus Christ came to earth to die for you, friends, he was your champion. He took the punishment that you deserve in your place and mine, God knows. He paid the price in your place. He is your champion. He went against Goliath for you, and he conquered it. So have courage. Have boldness. Have the fearlessness of David. Because it ain't about you, and it ain't about me. It's about Jesus Christ, our champion, in whom we can trust and in whom we can have full and perfect confidence. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the examples of Goliath and Saul and David. Lord, give us wisdom to see in our own hearts where we trust in ourselves and confidently or in fear. Remind us, Lord, to trust in you and to rely on Jesus Christ, our champion, who died in our place and gives us strength to face the monsters in our life. Give us boldness, give us courage, give us fearlessness in his name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.